Rice is undoubtedly a tough plant. Thousands of years ago, it encountered wheat from West Asia in northern China as the two great civilizations began to collide and merge on the Asian continent. Increasingly, frequent exchanges and communications expanded human activities beyond the land and towards the distant horizon. The sea can be calm and peaceful, but that is only one of its aspects. More often than not, it rages with wild storms and fierce waves. Journeying across the unpredictable oceans, rice traveled to distant islands, where it became an integral part of new cultures and ways of life. In late 2016, Cristina Castillo and two other archaeologists published a paper on their research into ancient crops along the Maritime Silk Road in the world-renowned journal Antiquity. Their work revealed a previously unknown fact. The archaeologists found large quantities of rice remains at two sites dating back around 3,000 years in peninsular Malaysia. Peninsular Malaysia is located at the southernmost point of Asia, but the genes of the rice found there showed that they were related to Chinese rice. In other words, the unearthed rice from 3,000 years ago originated in China. There is no doubt that agriculture played an important role in the development of civilizations throughout the world. The spread of early agricultural products was a key way that different peoples learned from each other. Unfortunately, plant remains are difficult to preserve, so archaeologists know very little about ancient agricultural civilizations. The large quantities of rice remains unearthed in peninsular Malaysia have given us a vivid picture of the interaction between the ancient Chinese and the peoples along the Maritime Silk Road. In China, large quantities of carbonized rice, dating back 5,000 years, have been discovered at both the Nanshan site in Fujian province and the Nanguanli East site in Taiwan. These two discoveries have provided important archaeological evidence of early cultural exchanges across the Taiwan Strait and the maritime spread of rice cultivation. 
we would expect that people living in the Japanese archipelago in the middle of the vast ocean would naturally rely on seafood. But rice has long been an equally important staple that can't be omitted in this country's diet. There is an old and rare type of sumo wrestling in Japan called one-man sumo, in which a sumo wrestler competes against an imaginary opponent in the ring. So it looks like a solo dance. The match with the god of rice always ends in human defeat. Through this submission and reverence, the Japanese people hope to please the god of rice and thus obtain a good harvest. It's surprising that sumo wrestling, a symbol of Japanese culture, has such a close relationship with rice farming. But this is only the tip of the iceberg. Every morning at 6 o'clock, the lights come on at Arashio Stable. This is the training ground for many elite sumo wrestlers who belong to one of the most secretive groups in Japan. This competitive activity carries a lot of ancient information about Japan. The arena for sumo wrestling is made of clay. After entering the arena, the wrestlers sprinkle salt to purify the area then stomp on the ground to tamp it down. By repeating this action every day, they show their gratitude to the earth. The fan held by the sumo referee is called the gunbai and has the words world peace or good harvest written on it. The arena is surrounded by a circle of sturdy rice straw rope. Whoever pushes his opponent out of the ring wins the competition. This ending seems to suggest that the person who leaves the world of rice farming will be a loser. 
At 35 years old, Soko Kurai Aikichi is the highest-ranking sumo wrestler of Arashio Stable. It is his privilege to be the first to take a bath, to get his hair combed, and to have his meals. But he is still far from achieving his ultimate goal. Top sumo wrestlers are called Yokozuna, and only wrestlers of this rank are qualified to wear such a belt around their waists. The belt originated from the straw rope hanging at the entrance of a Japanese shrine. Crossing it indicates that people are entering the world of the gods. Straw marks the boundary between the secular and the celestial in Japan. Therefore, the Yokozuna who are qualified to wear the belt have an extremely high status in Japan. In Japan, these are little-known stories. In the world of sumo, however, there are many more amazing things. Soko Kurai, one of the top sumo wrestlers in Japan, is actually a Mongolian from China. When he left the grasslands of China's Inner Mongolia and came to these distant islands 20 years ago, did this young man ever imagine everything he has today? The origin of sumo is closely related to Japanese rice farming culture. Yet, how did this intense competitive activity emerge in the midst of the peaceful and quiet communities of rice farmers? Let's turn our attention back to China. According to historical records, 
there was once a custom in southwest China by which boys around the age of 10 were required to roll from one end of a rice field to the other on certain days. This ritual symbolized that the child had grown into an adult and was able to live on his own by growing rice. Today, this coming-of-age ceremony has long gone, but another ancient competition is passed down. It is well known that the Wa people venerate their cattle, but this is only one aspect of their history. Every spring, the Wa people in Dongyuan County of Yunnan Province hold a bullfighting competition. The ring is packed with excited spectators. It's interesting to note that the bulls competing in the Chinese countryside are Zimintal cattle, native to the Swiss Alps. This breed of cattle is quite strong and muscular, making it one of the most widely distributed breeds in the world. This phenomenon shows that since ancient times, agricultural exchanges have constantly occurred throughout the globe. From the duels between bulls and matadors in Spain to the brutal competitions between two bulls taking place here, sometimes the scenes are so vicious that the audience can't bear to watch. Even in the economically developed area of Jiaxing in Zhejiang Province, China, where such competitions have transformed into a kind of folk performance, we can still sense the power of the original contests between men and beasts. Why do these customs of agrarian societies appear similar in different countries? In Chinese historical documents, there is a legend in which elephants and birds come to help the farmers. Experts believe this is a description of the early state of farming in southeastern China. They interpret it as resembling today's water buffaloes helping plow the fields. In the 15th century, the veritable records of the Joseon dynasty described farming on Yonaguni in the southern part of the Japanese island of Kyushu. In December, the rice fields are trampled by cattle and then sown, and transplanting is done in January without weeding. Japanese scholars refer to the method of preparing the fields by trampling as treading tillage. At some point in history, perhaps, our ancestors realized that fields trampled by animals were more suited for rice production. 
and then started to purposefully let their livestock run and fight in the fields. As rice cultivation developed, perhaps at some point, people started to initiate activities in the fields to loosen the soil before tillage, which eventually led to the coming-of-age ceremony of rolling in the fields and the custom of bullfighting in ancient China. In the Japanese archipelago, such activities finally evolved into sumo wrestling. With the passage of time and technological development, some activities, such as using elephants to help farm, have completely receded from the historical stage. Meanwhile, some other activities, such as sumo wrestling and bullfighting, have moved from farmland to other designated places. But despite the change of form, the core concept, imitating the ancient practice of treading tillage, remains. No later than 3,000 years ago, cultivated rice from China had reached Southeast Asia and the Malay Peninsula. At that time, such long journeys were very likely to result in death, but humans have always done their best to expand their living space. Experts speculate that rice seeds might have spread from north to south across Asia or that they might have traveled from island to island on monsoons and eventually reached the islands around the South China Sea. If rice from ancient China was able to drift to Southeast Asia on warm monsoons, traveling to Japan would be a tall order. During the Tang Dynasty, the monk Jian Jin described the journey of five ordeals to reach Japan. Hundreds of years later, the invincible army of Kublai Khan attempted to land on the Japanese islands, but returned without accomplishing this due to the powerful typhoons and fierce waves that surrounded Japan. There is no doubt that Japan is good at learning and absorbing foreign cultures. So where did rice, which holds such a high status in Japan today, come from? Every year before spring tillage, a grand ritual is held in Kagoshima. On this day, local people eagerly gather to honor the god of farming, who sits on a carriage, and to pray for good weather and a bountiful harvest. This god of farming is based on an ancient Chinese man named Xu Fu, This event is the famous Shu Fu Festival in Japan. Here, there are all the people who live in the 
もう本当にジョク様にがいなかったら今の自分たちの生活がないだろうというくらいに農耕の神として崇めていてそれであの毎年毎年お米ができるとあのそれをお供えしてるっていうふうにお聞きしています。Today, there are many relics related to Shu Fu all over Japan. Some people speculate that it was Shu Fu who brought rice to Japan from China. The story of Shu Fu, who left China 2,000 years ago to search for the elixir of immortality for Emperor Qin Shi Huang, is a well known legend in China. But in Japan, there is evidence that it may be historical fact. Can this be true? The Osaka Prefecture's Museum of Yayoi Culture has a collection of many artifacts from the agrarian age 2,000 years ago. こちらはですね弥生時の亀深な目になってきますけれどもこちらの部分が反り返っています一方でこの縄文時の方に関しましては口の部分がまっすぐと立ち上がっているこれはですね弥生時代になって稲作が始まってお米作りが始まるでお米を試食とするようになりますとこういったですね鍋煮炊き具としてもですね上に蓋をするようになりますで蓋をして炊くためには蓋が落ちないようにここを反り返らしてこの上に蓋を置くことが必要になってくる This urn is evidence of rice farming in the Yeyoi period 2,000 years ago, which basically coincides with the time of Shu Fu's arrival according to legend. But the problem is that in ancient times, for most Chinese farmers who lived inland, the vast ocean was unapproachable. How could rice seeds travel overseas to land on the distant Japanese archipelago? This is Bohai Bay in China, which lies across the sea from Japan. Over millions of years after the sea slowly receded, a large alluvial plain was formed. Where Panjin in Liaoning Province is located. It is one of the best areas for rice cultivation in China. Here, perhaps, we can see the potential of farming civilization. Jiang Weijun and his wife are working hard in their rice field. Their field is located in a depression with soft soil. It can only be harvested by hand. The harvest does not provide enough income to support Jiang's family. He must supplement it by other means. Panjin is located at the mouth of the Liaohua River, which flows into Bohai Bay. Farmers transformed into experienced fishermen when they get into their boats. At sea, life or death can be decided in an instant, 
and each outing is a new challenge. When Jiang Wei Jun goes to sea, he always takes homegrown rice with him. In case of emergency, his rice will sustain him through difficult times. In China, an agrarian country, farmers living along the coast are also skilled in fishing and hunting. The rice they carry on board serves as security in case of emergency. They hope they will return home safely, but there is a possibility they may drift away to distant islands. The rice would then become seeds and be sown in foreign lands.中国に元々の稲作の原流があると思われますが、その紀元前6000年前、長江流域で始まった稲作技術が中国大陸で各地に拡散をし、そして北に拡散した農耕技術が三島半島から経て、そして朝鮮半島に伝わり、そして朝
Hokkaido is still a frozen world in April. Ainu fisherman Shinsuke and his father make their living by catching horsehair crabs. The Ainu people were the earliest inhabitants of Japan, and today they still maintain their fishing and hunting traditions. To catch horsehair crabs, they have to cross the ice flows. An ice tip above sea level often represents a huge iceberg beneath the surface, and a collision can easily lead to shipwreck and death. Compared with rice farming, fishing in the deep sea is a dangerous job. But even so, the Ainu people still rely on the sea for their livelihoods. For 10,000 years before the advent of farming, the Ainu people were widely distributed throughout the Japanese islands. It wasn't until 2,000 years ago, as rice farming started to spread, that the Ainu people, who were eager to preserve their fishing and hunting lifestyle, began to leave Honshu and migrate northward, eventually settling in Hokkaido. The stretch of sea became their home today. For the sake of safety, the father decided to stop the boat and take a short break. Shinsuke took out an unexpected item that, although not belonging to the Ainu, has played an incredibly important role in the history of the entire nation. This is the rice wine they always carry when they go to sea. Although the Ainu are indigenous people, 
Today they account for less than 1% of Japan's total population. While another group, the Yamato, started to rely on rice farming, the Ainu were reluctant to abandon their original way of life. If this is the case, why do these people regard rice wine as so important that it is offered to the gods?どれぐらいだったかな、10キロぐらいのお米が交換だった。牛ぐらいのものだ。まあ、そのあれですね、100本の酒と交換してくるお米で作るお酒を、ま、貴重なものであると。で、非常にいいものであるから神様に捧げる
rice farming was highly developed, as witnessed by these many rice storehouses. But the structure of the storehouses caught the attention of experts. Similar traces of construction were found at the Tianluo Shan site of the Humudu culture in China from 5,000 years ago, the world's earliest stilt houses. To preserve the site as it was, the archaeologists didn't even drain the water, and the wooden piles from thousands of years ago are still standing in water. Today, in the mountains of Guizhou province in China, the Dong farmers simply dry their harvested rice directly in stilt houses built in the water. The Wa people of Yunnan province in China live by hunting as well as farming. They still plant rice by a primitive method of scattering in the paddy field. They live in stilt houses. The downstairs area is used for storage and keeping livestock. And upstairs is where people live and eat their meals. In Asia today, stilt houses are found in many places that produce rice. Is this a coincidence? It is characteristic of farming peoples to carefully observe changes in the seasons. For that reason, the Chinese people created the calendar and introduced it to Japan. Moreover, the Japanese people have developed the skill of perceiving seasonal changes from their surroundings, such as the blooming of flowers and the singing of birds and insects. This subtle habit also shaped their character.
35グラムほど35グラムから40グラムの世界で人に何を感じていただけるか難しい難しいうん非常にあの難しいし大事なことだと思いますこれは歌詞の作り手の面白さですすいませんね私は菓子屋の家に生まれましたおじいさんがこの仕事を始めたのですそしてその中で生まれた時からこのお菓子の世界を見ています Yamaguchi Tomizo is more than 80 years old He is the most famous wagashi artist in Kyoto Wagashi is originally a sweet snack for tea ceremonies, but its role is larger than its taste. The amazing culture of Wagashi demands that one entertains a guest with the proper food at the best time. Rice is the most important ingredient for making Wagashi. This staple food originating in China is of great significance in Japan. Historically, even samurai were ranked according to the amount of rice they possessed. For a long time, rice served as a symbol of status. About a thousand years after rice was introduced to Japan, the process of sugar production arrived as well. Today's wagashi is the result of these two items combining, transcending the meaning of the food itself. そうするとこう中国からまた韓国を経たりもしくは南南方からそれ入ってきたいろんなものをこの狭いあの国土の中でじっくり煮詰めていっていろんな意味でこうより深くしたりアレンジしたりすることがとてもあの好きなあの人種だと思うんですよね。然后也有这个年的米做的点心的，这两个东西都是中国传给他的，这个没有问题。作为一种失传的东亚文化，他接受的是唐代的文化，他把那个东西继续的发展下来。那公子啊，那肉松给不了？哎，我送的我没有啊。Hashimoto Takashi is the eighth generation to run his family rice store. When Takashi and his younger brother took over the store, it was facing great difficulties. Since the 1990s, Rice stores have been no longer the only ones selling rice in Japan. Farmers, supermarkets, and anyone who wants to can sell rice. The rice market has attracted more and more Japanese people who are passionate about rice, and the increasingly fierce competition has put the century-old Hashimoto rice shop in an existential crisis. っていうのが弟のまあまあ第一印象ですよね
How could they impress the guests with only rice? For the Hashimoto brothers, simple rice can become a feast with meticulous selection and unique cooking methods. The rice looks pretty normal, but it's actually very special. With rice, the critical point between raw and cooked is meaningful. This is the tastiest and most special moment in the cooking process. To observe and find the smallest change in a grain of rice is another way to illustrate the importance of rice to the Japanese people. For thousands of years, our ancestors, in search of living space and distant dreams, crossed raging seas and reached distant islands with rice seeds. They scattered the genes of civilization in foreign lands and integrated them into the wonderful and diverse cultures of the world. If you happen to enter this building in the midst of the prosperity of Tokyo, it will definitely stun you. Does this scene remind you of the fragrance of rice in your hometown? Our hometown and its fields of rice always remain in our hearts as a beautiful world.